Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. For me, it's like I kind of keep family at the focus because I just feel like it's important that, like, my mum, she's, she's a stand-up comic, so for me, having that kind of person who's been in the industry as well, it's been invaluable, because she's always said to me, build family alongside the career, because you just, it's all about having balance in your life, and I think whenever my career isn't, you know, doing what it needs to do, one thing I know is consistent is family. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Balancing Acts. In this conversation, I chat with the very funny Travis J. He's a stand-up comedian, actor, and radio presenter. He was nominated for the Leicester Mercury Comedian of the Year in 2016, and more recently opened for none other than Dave Chappelle. Travis is soon to take his debut solo show to Edinburgh Fringe Festival, Funny, Petty, Cool. Perfect. Hi, this is Steve Whiteley, comedian, actor, filmmaker and writer, all-round ADHD creative. And welcome to my new podcast, Balancing Acts, where I talk to an array of creatives ranging from comedians, actors, directors, all sorts. And we talk about how they find a sense of balance or not between their creative lives and their everyday lives and how that has an impact on their mental health and beyond. This was a fantastic conversation. I really like Travis. He's one of those deep thinkers. He's been around, he's been in the game for a while and he's forged his own path. And we talk about this idea of having tough skin because there is so much rejection in this entertainment industry and how you have to shift your mindset because otherwise you can be permanently down. Uh, So we, we talk about that. We talk about the challenges Travis faced being a single dad at the age of 23 and then how that affected his comedy. We talk about the comedy writing processes and what methods Travis uses. There was loads and loads and loads of takeaways from this conversation. So I always like to say, you know, how can this relate to you if you're listening? I mean, one, this is just it's just an interesting conversation. Travis is a thoughtful and intelligent guy. And I think you're going to like what he has to say. This is one for all the creatives. Hustling, you know, trying to figure your shit out. And believe me, we're all in this game and we understand the highs and the lows. And this conversation is evidence of that and and kind of the work you need to do on yourself in order to progress from an emotional, mental and creative standpoint. I quite like that. I like the way that phrase that. So without further ado, over to Travis J. 
When was it? Last time we saw each other was... I think it was the audition. Was that audition, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Which you got. Yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> did, yeah. Yeah, that was... Um, How was that? That was cool, man. That was yeah. a decent job. That was a decent job, that um, that commercial. The way they did the set, they I felt like they had a pretty, pretty decent budget for it as well. Yeah. Like, they had this mad ship, which was like a whole half a ship, which was built in this... It was just huge. It was, was it in a studio? Yeah, studio? yeah. Some, some. I think they used it to shoot like a James Bond movie one time. Okay, so it was quite a, a decent space. But like the place was massive, and they had this ship, and it was just rocking on this. Like I was just like, <laughs> fucking hell! For a commercial, you lot went in, man. That's the thing about doing commercials is that they've got the budget. Yeah. So you know, yeah, one you, you get paid really well. Yeah. And then two, like. Locations can sometimes be sick, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. also the kit is ridiculous as well. Do you ever notice how bad the food almost always is on set for like any commercial job? You think so? I'm oh, to think. dude, the, it have, depends what it is, I guess. They get like catering services, and yeah, they get of, catering. You don't like it? Always garbage. Well, this one particularly was garbage. The worst is what is the worst is if you do a commercial and you can see that's big budget. And they brought in Tesco sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, really? Or you get like a shoddy, it's not even easy jet. <laughs> it's like some unknown airline. Like we, we flew on this random airline I've never heard of before. I can't remember it. But the seat space, like I'm, I'm quite tall. I'm, I mean, I'm not like abnormally tall. But like the seats, the foot space. Oh my days. I had so much pain in my hips, my knees. It was awful, man. You know what I started doing recently? Um, go onto the flight. And say, have you got any um, emergency seats available? Mm. And he said, yeah. Obviously, you're going to have to upgrade. I said, yeah, no problem. Uh, what's the seat number? They tell me the seat number. So, all right, cool. We'll come over. Go over there. People forget to come over. And then you've got the upgrade. Because every- don't oh, you think it's ridiculous same. now that you have to pay for an emergency seat? Everything it's is ridiculous. like, everything is about upgrading, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The tiniest of things. Everybody's taking the, the um, was it was it Ryanair? The, is it a rhino the one that's like famous for like charging for every charging single for thing? your luggage everyone's following that that business model now yeah it's taking a piss bruv yeah it is yeah obviously fleecing you for as much money as possible but it's also like they're trying to you're, you're trying to differentiate people yeah you, if you get this then you're extra special oh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah 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 you know like yeah, skipping yeah. the queues at easy playing jets. to the egos yeah exactly <laughs> like, I've got a friend never forget this my friend he loves every time we go you know we go on a stag bill or something like that he'll always like skip the queue, pay to skip the queue. And we were coming back from uh, Berlin and Stag then, we were all absolutely hanging. And we were all queuing. And then we just watch him on the, on the right-hand side, like just like swagging <laughs> down, sort of like looking at us, like he is like the, the bee's knees. It's like, mate, it's just easy jet. For six minutes of convenience. Yeah. Like. And he just sat there like sitting on the chair with his arms crossed and like looking at us, like really Frick smugly. Yeah. It's like, you know? I'll do all that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've seen each other since, but then we did that Kanye, raising money for Kanye West. Oh, man, yeah. That was like, how long ago was that? Five years ago. Yeah, man. With, was, uh, with the guys at Jump, Jump Off. Off. Yeah. Yeah. That did really well. Like. It did well. It, went yeah. it was like the Daily numbers. Mail. Yeah. It's the sun. But those guys are great at that, at getting stuff your, out. Your made me laugh is how they really marketed us as like real serious Kanye West fans. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, were like Kanye West fans fundraise for Kanye. I was like, you guys are freaking serious. Yeah. But no, that but did, it did well. really well. That was fun. That was fun. Most successful vile piece of content today. (laughs) Yeah, for sake. (laughs) Oh, my days. So, at the moment, from what I can tell, you're doing stand-up, you're doing acting, radio presenting, 
And still a bit of poetry as well? Uh, radio presenting no more. You're not doing radio presenting? Yeah, so how come you knocked that on the head? Because so, we were, we talked about this before, yeah. but I presented on Bang. Yeah. Way, I mean, yeah, yeah it, no, not Bang, Beat Now, isn't it? Beat Now. That's how long ago I was doing it. Yeah, yeah. With AJ. Yeah, so um, so I think they're, they're kind of structuring their business. They're trying to make a big launch. Like they've, they're now on DAB, so it's not just internet anymore. Oh, okay. So, um, you know, they, we had a kind of conversation about our agreement, our contract agreement, and it was going in the other direction. Right. So I was like, well, I understand the station's making a big move forward, and I respect that, but nah, I would have to go at this point. Yeah, yeah fair enough. But, like, it's, it's pure love, man. i got love for everybody that's there, but I had to walk away from that now and focus a bit more on what I'm, what I'm serious about, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Well, yeah. we were talking just before we started about how just trying to be disciplined with your time this is, is so difficult. This is it. This when you're a creative it. person and you've got lots of different endeavours and your brain is constantly jumping around, yeah. for, I think that one of the hardest things is is focusing, but also not just focusing, prioritising what to focus on. That's it, that's it. Because you can get caught up in a fleeting idea, which is like a side mission. Like, for example... A radio show. Like, that was never in my plans to really? do a radio was show. Really? No, okay. but it was one of the ones where, like, the, the station manager, Ivor Etienne, told me to perform, and he was like, I like the way you think. Like, you know, you do a radio show. And now I'm in, Saturday morning, yeah. and, you know, yeah. you, you know, radio sounds kind of, like, straightforward, but it takes a lot of planning just for that like, bit of content. Yeah. And I was like... Because you're, you're producing the show as that's well. It. Yeah, that's yeah, it, yeah, that's so it. That's a lot like, of time. Yeah, man, and my co-host as well, we put a lot of time into that show, yeah. and it's just like, after a while, you start thinking, all right, I'm a stand-up comic. And I act. These two are first. Yeah. And you know what I mean? After a while, it's like, yo, let's refine. So for the minute that they started talking about, you know, maybe paying me less, that's when I was like, you know what? Maybe this is the sign I need to refine my efforts. Yeah. So. I think that's good because another thing that's so difficult is saying no to things. Yeah. Because you always like think, you know, who knows where that's going to case, yeah. like, Just in case, you just never know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's a sign of confidence you know, and, and of course, a sign of maybe like maturity as well when you yeah. get to a point and then you're like, no, I've really been enjoying it recently saying no to things. Do you know, what? it's like once you kind of you say no because you're confident. And I think like you say, it's like when you know there's there's you're on a path to a specific place and, yeah. like, you know, with your career, saying no becomes quite easy yeah. because anything that doesn't allude to that path, it's like, hey, this, this is a waste of my time. Yeah. Money doesn't make the difference now. Do you know what I mean? And that's a big thing. That's a big hurdle to get over, isn't it? Massive hurdle. Massive hurdle. Because it's a huge driver. Yeah. That's why a lot of people find themselves in like nine to fives and struggle to do the creative stuff on the side. Yeah. And bruv, that's the hardest set of balls to juggle. Like that's tough. Like I, I've been working like a nine to five for like last, I don't know, 12 years or whatever. And last August, I managed to leave my nine to five. Congratulations. Bro, that felt like the what milestone dream, right? I've always worked. Yeah, yeah, man. That yeah. was... That was a win, but it was also like, it's one of those wins you can't celebrate too long. Because it's yeah, like, you keep that's it. Now it's time you've got to move more than ever. Yeah. So yeah, man, that's, that's been tough, but it's been, it's been eventful. So have you always been someone that's very goal-driven? Have you given yourself career goals? So that this, and, and if so, how have you done that? Do you have like weekly goals? Do you have like monthly goals, yearly goals? Some people have that, you know, the five-year plans. I sat down with this uh, promoter who came to an Edinburgh show one a yeah. couple of years ago. She took me out and she's like, um, have you got your five-year plan? I said, what? She goes, your five-year plan? Jack Whitehall had a five-year plan. Have you got a five-year plan? And she's like, literally, I was like, Jeez. what? No, she's freaking me out. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, some people are very goal-driven and I guess, you know, whatever works for you. Yeah. No, do you know what? I'm not really like, I don't really put too much pressure on myself for like timelines and goals in that way. Okay. Because I just feel like that's, that just sets you up for 
unnecessary pressure. Like for me, whenever it happens is the right time. Yeah. So like whenever I don't get something at the right time, I just know that um this is an experience that's gonna cater towards that big moment. Do you know what I mean? Like I've been going just under ten years now. There's been many times in that time where I felt like, all right, now this is the moment. This is it. And then the next time comes, it's like, all right, now, this, now is this is the one. Yeah, right. So now I'm kind of like, I'm numb to that emotion, that excitement. Yeah. But I'm very silently confident that it's going to happen. That's a good place to yeah. be. Because yeah. when you're not affected by the highs, but then also not affected by the lows. That's it. That's, that's it. when you're in a good place. Yeah. I, had, I had a similar thing where like, I, it was two years ago or so. And, uh, you know, I had a few sort of close wins and they sort of didn't happen for whatever reason consecutively, you know, yeah. three things, four things. And I was like really down about it. And then I just made a decision for myself. I was like, I can carry on like this, which means this career is constantly going to be up and down, which means every time you're on a downer, yep. that's going to affect your personal happiness. Yep. Or I can just sort of dust myself off, get on with it and not let it affect me. And making that decision was a, was a big yeah. like, game changer. That's growth. Yeah, that's that creative growth because we got to protect our mental health in this game because the amount of rejection that we deal with on a normal basis it's not normal like, is it man the it's... amount of auditions that we've gone up for and it's been a no yeah but then what happens is the, the one yes in some way makes up for that yeah but it's like one out of 38 but you know what I say to people <laughs> when I like if, if I've got auditions let's say commercial stuff particularly yeah. if I've got commercials in the past and I speak to friends of mine who aren't necessarily in the industry and I'm like yeah yeah you've got this commercial and they're like yeah what's the money bro yeah. and I tell them and I go that is sick yeah. but, then, but, then what, <laughs> but then what I say to them is like yeah but for me mm-hmm. that money is that basically covers all those auditions that I went out for over the last year, all the travel expenditure Mm -hmm. and all Mm -hmm. the mental health. That's what I'm saying. Constantly hearing no. Oh my days. That takes a good while to get used to. Really does. Yeah, because it's like, it's just, you went up for it, you believed in it. Everybody in the room smiled. They said, hey, good job. You walked out with that little kind of like, yeah, I got this. And then you just, no, we're going in a different direction. It's like, freaking hell. Those are the worst. Like, I can deal with it when I know, like, when I haven't sh- done yeah. well. If I've done it, if I put in a shit performance, yeah. fair play. Yeah. yeah. But when you come out of it buzzing, like, <laughs> I've, mate, I've smashed <laughs> that. I've got this. And then you don't hear anything. Oh, bruv. Like, I came out one two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was like a short film for a borough or something. And it was actually like a serious thing, but playing like this, this. You know, if you heard about these. Um, Handymen, they, they go like dressed up as handymen or sort of, they basically approach old people and they say, look, I can see that, you know, your 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 fence needs fixing, etc. If you don't get that sorted, there's going to be issues. And they basically convince them to do the work and then they start blackmailing them for money, oh, etc. Right. So it was for that. Yeah. I did it. And for this, I just went in on it. And uh, afterwards, the director, you know, the casting director's like, um, that was really great. So these are the dates. Um you, you, you're definitely, you know, you're definitely oh. feeding it that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you come out so confident. I called my agent. I was like, listen, absolutely smash that. <laughs> Keep my diary free. Yep, yep, yep. Didn't hear a word. Nothing. Oh man, like I had this audition um, for um, some some US series, and I killed that audition. Like I, I did it, and it was one of the ones where she looked at me. She was just like, yeah. I mean, I. Don't even know if we need to do it again. Like, it was, oh, do you know what I mean? Like, I had that, so I'm in there feeling amazing. Oh, and she goes, just for the sake of variation, I guess maybe do it like this. <laughs> so now I'm just like, oh my days, like, I've nailed it. I leave, literally didn't hear from her again. But she left saying, it's going to take a while because the production's, you know, it's running for later this year, but you're definitely going to hear back. I was just like, wow. So that'll be ignored. It's crazy. It's killer. I don't know if there's, 
I mean, I'm sure there is. I don't know if there's other industries that have that where you just hear nothing. It's like consistent. Yeah, yeah. It's not even a no anymore. It's literally silence. Yeah, like, but like you said, you get used to. You do get used to it. Yeah, but yeah. it takes a lot of getting used to. But then you know you you hear. I was I was reading this article the other day about a casting director who has finally cast someone in a film that they'd seen for roles over the previous ten years, and for whatever reason it. And they'd never been able to cast them in, in the role. It hadn't quite happened to them. And they were so happy that after 10 years, they finally got them to cast. They got right. them cast in this thing. Like, <coughs> Sorry. Like you <coughs> you can smash an audition. Yeah. And then you might not get it. But that casting director, they hopefully he's going to know you, right? That's right. That's right. I mean, that's, that's the silver lining in it all. Because casting directors, they're in the loop for shows. So they could essentially change your life. But it's like, in the moment, you think, I wanted that one. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But it's having that long-term foresight which is always beneficial yeah do you do anything specifically to work on your mind are you into meditation or, or mm. what's your thing exercise exercise has always been a part of my life yeah yeah like I've I used to before going to stand up I wanted to play basketball professionally okay. that was my dream and so I've from about 14 to like 22 regimented like I was really into basketball I got to like 22 and I realised, hey, this, if this was going to happen, it would have happened by now. Yeah. I didn't want to be that dude, 27, still trying to find a team, you know? Yeah. So I just started exploring, going out a bit more. So having a social life, because it was quite, I was really serious about basketball. And that's when I found stand-up. So like, for me, just kind of, I have a really laid back view on things anyway. I stay physical, I train, I box now. And that's just Where'd like... Where you box? Um, I don't really box competitively. I box with my personal trainer at the minute. Okay. I've had a couple fights. But um, that's not really like something I'm, it's just more for my fitness. Yeah. But like, I think for you, as far as like mental health and like taking care of yourself, for me, it's, I kind of keep family at the focus because I just feel like it's important. Like my mom, she's a, she's a stand-up comic. So for me, having that kind of person who's been in the industry as well, it's been invaluable because she's always said to me, build family alongside the career because you just, it's all about having balance in your life. And I think whenever my career isn't, you know, doing what it needs to do one thing I know is consistent is family so whether it's my family is like my mom and dad and my brother and sisters or it's like my my kids and being my partner it's like those type of things they just kind of keep me in keep life in perspective because this is amazing and if my dreams come true oh man it's gonna be great but I still have my family they're gonna love me come hell or high water so that's really what I think keeps me kind of kind of cool that's a healthy approach to take sometimes I feel I'm guilty of going to it all in like I get it's, it's all consuming sometimes yeah yeah and I need to try and figure that out I was <clears throat> I was talking to Sarah Callahan yeah the other day she was she was just saying yeah if she's got a friend's birthday if it's a family's birthday and she's booked a gig it doesn't matter that's coming first she's going to cancel that gig yeah, she, yeah she's like you know the gigs are always going to be around but you know time with my friends and family is invaluable it's true uh, so it true. is so true and you don't realize it's like nowadays therapy a lot of people are promoting the, the benefits of therapy and i think it's amazing i've always been curious but i've never actually experienced it but like a lot of time you don't realize your friendship groups in a way i like your therapist. therapy yeah. yeah you don't you don't even really pinpoint those conversations that you have with the guys where you, you open up and you don't realize you've opened up but you're just talking about oh man this girl i'm seeing like da, 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 da. that's a therapy session yeah do you know what i mean and i think we sometimes as creatives we get so caught up in focusing and it's like yo i don't need distractions I need to just do this. And it's like, sometimes you can take it to an unhealthy place. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's because it's... Because you're not like in a nine to five where, you know, you finish your job, that's it, work's done. Yeah. 
it's kind of no it can be never ending yeah you, you can wake be always up like oh yeah. <laughs> i should be doing this or i need yeah. to be working on this mm-hmm. you wake up with it you wake up and you stay up late with it and it's like because you don't have that whole oh i've got to be up for work you just work through into the night and then you wake up early because like i need to make a start on this and get this done and you don't realize that you're burning on both ends but because it's like you don't have a nine to five you don't really keep a track of it. Yeah, you don't keep a track of it. Nah. That's the thing. You don't keep a track of it. It's like, yo, I've had 10 hours sleep Time the last three days. Just, yeah. Time just drifts, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You go down that comedy hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially when you're working on a bit. Like, you know when you're working on a bit of material and it's like, to you, this feels like it's going to work. You get in front of a stage. Bomb. Bomb. <laughs> and it's like, even if it doesn't, it's just silence. Just like, silence. A little light chuckle. So then now you're obsessed with this bit and making it work because you yeah. believe in it. Yeah. Oh, man, it's a lot. How, how's, how's your writing process? How do you go about writing uh, to My writing process is it's random, man. Like, I could think of something on the way to a gig and that's now, like, another five minutes. Okay. Because, it, you know what I mean? Like, I just... I have this sense now, like, within my style where I'm like, if that makes me laugh the first moment I think about it, that's going to work. Okay. Do you know what I mean? And that tends to be with the rhythm I work with now was I used to have a regimented process. I used to sit down and write and allocate time. And then I kind of moved away from that as I got a bit more experienced. I kind of just trust that I'd be able to figure it out. And I've been able to, but like when it comes to like having a, a big show coming, like say if I've got a solo or one man show coming up, that's when I tend to write in like a mad outburst. Like I can really? write. Really? Yeah. just comes to you? Yeah. Because like once I, <clears throat> I, once I decide what the show is about, everything kind of falls into place for me. So yeah. my process kind of, I, I cluster write. So like in one moment, bah, 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 I could write a new 40 minutes and that 40 minutes will be like added to another bit that I've got already and that's now the new hour. Right. So like I've been able to do that and then I'll take from that to like another 20 and I can sample from different hours. But I can write so much at one time, but throughout I, I'm not really like week to week writing yeah. material. I've, I've experimented recently with writing on my laptop Okay. Like, cause normally everything's in my, my little, my joke book. I've been writing on my laptop recently and that is, yo, that is, I've, I've never wanted to just, I felt like it wasn't an organic experience to just type material. But I've been typing these joke ideas and I'm like, wait a minute, this is really working for me. So, really? Yeah, man. That's what I've always done. Oh, really? But I'm now trying to, ironically, to go the opposite way because I find it's a distraction. If I'm on my laptop, then I'm on the internet. An email can pop up and that's Email it. can You're pop off. up and it does. Like, yeah. you know, I'm, ADHD anyway, so my brain's all over the place. Yeah. So all it takes is the slightest notification, and you know, you're in. Yeah, I'm like a wag, you know, dogs with like tongue wagging. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jumping yeah. all over the place. And will you? Where do you write? Do you write at home? Do you write out about? Um, I write at home. If I'm out and about, I'll make a note in my phone. Okay. Like I'm yeah. my phone notes. Do you that... do voice notes or do you just write down? No, I type. I just type it up. Okay. Because like I, I, I used to write when I first started. I used to write word for word. Like, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Word for word, dot, dot, dot for the pause and like yeah. all that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, in brackets, yeah. pause. Yeah, exactly. But like now I'll bullet point, I'll bullet point loosely where it's going. Okay. Just so that I can figure it out when I, when I say it, just to give me a bit of freedom. So I think, yeah, I, my phone has just got so many random notes. Yeah. Jarring thing about the notes is that I'll go back to it like 10 minutes later and I've forgotten what yeah. that was about. Yeah. I'm like, he's in the baby's uniform. What the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I've got literally just... I do a lot of voice notes because I do sort of musical stuff. Okay, yeah. Sometimes I'll just... Even melodies. And I'll just like sing a little melody and then yeah. I'll come back to a couple of days later and I'm like, what? The what the hell is this? Is yeah. <laughs> I've got so many random notes that I cannot explain. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. I've been laying in my bed 
two o'clock in the morning and thought of an amazing joke and been like, oh, I'll write this down tomorrow. That's fucking sick. Gone. It's gone. And I'm always pissed off by that. because so it's annoying, like, isn't it? Yeah. I'd, uh, I had a story that happened to me the other day and I uh, got home and was like, right, I'm going to, I've got to write this down. I've got to write this down. Didn't write down. Next day, gone. third day, fourth day. Now, yeah, sketchy as now. Mm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to remember that story. The funny is gone. Yeah, so this thing happened. Uh, yeah. How do you find your inspiration, I guess, aside from like everyday life and what's happening to you, do you go out your way to see other performers or not even just comedy? Do you try and take in a lot of art and culture? Um, do you know what? So my perspective has changed in the last year or two. Before, I was very much, I don't really want to watch too many comics. Okay. I don't really consume much television. Like, I just want to keep everything authentic. That was my attempt at, well, it was my reasoning for why I believed it would be more authentic. Now, not so much, because I just feel like it's beneficial to be in tune with, with what is happening. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You can... The zeitgeist. Yeah, you got to know what the energy is out there, because I think you can get lost in your own world sometimes. A lot of the stand-up that I do is very personal anyway. Yeah. So, but like, like family and these kind of things, like fatherhood is like a theme that's like really strong in my stand-up of recent. Escaping out of that and really paying attention to what's going on out there is so beneficial. Do you know what I mean? You just, watching other comics just sometimes as inspiration, I use inspiration very specifically because a lot of comics will watch it and it'll be, they're just still. <laughs> they'll just still. Yeah. And that's a real problem with comics. Like they just, people will be just, they'll see it and be like, oh yeah, cool. And just reword the joke. So I, I wanted to avoid, my thing was I wanted to avoid it because I didn't want anyone's material to subconsciously get into my head. Got you. And it comes out and you, it's very innocent sometimes, but it's like, you catch yourself in a moment like, shit, that's, that's something like that's that's Kevin Hart's style. It's yeah. not his joke, but yeah. it's like it's it's and you his, know it. You yeah, know yeah, it's like it. that felt Kevin Harty, but I didn't. The joke itself wasn't, and I don't, I don't like when that happens. Mm-hmm. But I think now it's like yo, you see it, and it's like you can see other people's style, inspiration, and just to enjoy it. Sometimes I think sometimes I got caught up in seeing it as work and a craft, as opposed to something that's just enjoyable yeah i guess that's something else that comes with experience that's it yeah yeah that's it because i got so caught up in like no i'm i need to analyze these guys and be better than these guys and do this and that but it's like no i'm just like no this this guy's hilarious yeah like there's a guy called uh tony law yeah i saw in leicester oh my gosh first time seeing this dude amazing surreal yes he he is an experience yeah you just watch it's like bloody i'm I'm glad i'm here tonight like where is that coming that's what i mean like everything was just it just all caught me off guard that feeling of like, right, I really enjoyed that. No pressure on it. It's just, that was fun. That allows me to then go away and create as opposed to, okay, so I'll see what he's done. I'll see what he's done. Here. Yeah, right. That you're works. enjoying it. That's for, right. You're enjoying it as if you were an audience member as That's opposed right. to a comedian analyzing yeah. on the sides. Yeah. 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 That's, it's always good to remember to just find it fun at the end of the day. Because that's what we're supposed to be doing for, that's, right? That's it, man. That's it what's your relationship I guess like with, with, with comedians in, in the circuit as a whole have you got your own go-to crew I know you do a podcast with a few others don't you no so my podcast is with like, just my friends like, okay. they're not comedians oh really yeah oh, they're not so, comedians oh, that's cool so the, so I've got two podcasts so the first one called Name for a Podcast I did it with two of my friends and, and well they're all my friends but two guys work in PR and the girl on the podcast we used to host a radio show together Candice and um, yeah man we just our group chat, like our podcast is our group chat, basically. Okay. Like, just, you know what I mean? Just back and forth. And yeah, yeah. I've got a boxing podcast with KG. He's a comedian. Yeah. And that's like... He's great. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's great. amazing, man. 
and that's that's my guy. So you know, what I mean, we bounce off each other's comics. It just it just works nicely. But I think as far as a crew go to friends, yeah, man. Like so, I've you know a lot of my experiences on the black circuit. So I, I'm really tight with um, guys like Kevin J, Barbatunde, Ori Styler, and um, I mean, there's many more. But like those guys, just off the top of my head, I speak to quite quite often. How do you find? Um the black circuit compared to, I guess, the, if you call it whatever, mainstream, mainstream circuit. Yeah. Um, do you know what it is? It's like, it's it's underground, essentially, because like the stuff that we do on that circuit... You tailor-make for that audience, right? Not necessarily, because a lot of the comics who on that circuit, they do the mainstream as well. Okay. Do you know what I mean? And the styles doesn't necessarily change as much, but I think okay. it's just one of the ones where it's like, that's the audience that that come out for those shows. Yeah. But the, type, the, the venues that we do on yeah, a normal yeah. bit, they're huge. Yeah, really. So do you know what I mean? So it's like it's weird that it's so big but underground. Yeah. Because there'll be an Indigo too, regularly. Theater, like Hackney Empire, regularly. Cat for Theater, like just always packing up these theaters. But you won't open the newspaper and see Time Out this week's listings. Da, 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 da. It just won't be there. So like when do you I think that will change because there seems to be there's obviously like a change going on with you know they're casting more of a diverse audiences yeah now. you know more diverse cast now in films tv and yeah yeah people that f- finally feel like they're getting the, the message there. yeah the energy's there there's yeah. like momentum there do you think that will have a knock-on effect in, um, in, in comedy do you know what i feel like it's weird because as far as acting and getting on tv and stuff like that like even mo big nasty show that's doing amazing incredible done one of after recently like i feel like black stand-up still isn't getting that Okay. That's not seeing the benefits of diversity just yet because you just like, for example, obviously the mainstream circuit's there, but you also have like the Asian circuit. Yeah. You've got like BBC Asian comedy nights and stuff like that. You don't have like the black equivalent at the moment. And I think it's it's a really weird space because like now that I've focused a lot more of my time on the mainstream circuit, I see that say theatre gigs and stuff that come up and stuff like that. They're quite few and far between just for the average comic to have experienced Whereas, like, say, for example, on the Black Circuit, a couple of years ago, I performed at the Palladium. That's huge. That's huge. That's the Holy Grail. On the, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But, like, I can walk into a mainstream club and maybe, you know, still not be known at all. Like, nobody will know who I am. And yeah. I'm like, dude, I've, I've played this, <laughs> this place. Come on. Yeah. So, like, it's just, it's such a underground, hidden away, hidden in plain sight type thing. I did a gig a couple of years ago in Tottenham. And uh, Jeff Schumann was headlining. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, he killed. Like, bro. Yeah. It was unbelievable. I, I Jeff, I know because um, when he was on Bang FM. Yeah. He was the one. He he really actually helped me out. He was sort of like mentoring me, and he I'd come on his sidekick on his yeah. breakfast show, and then when he left, I got his breakfast show. Okay. So I've known him for a while, but I'd never seen him do stand up, and he was headlining the show, yeah. and just. Mm-hmm. The laughter was violent. It yeah, was, yeah, 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 yeah. It was, you know, it was just. Yeah. And and from and I like I went away from that gig. I was like, do you know what? I, that, this isn't fair because this it, it, he should be based on that set. Yeah. He should be massive. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it was just. I mean, he knew his audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the offer was phenomenal. I know what you're saying. Perfect. Hello, sorry to interrupt in the middle of this insightful conversation, which I'm enjoying, I'm sure, just as much as you are. But I need to give you guys a little reminder. Uh, if you like this conversation, this episode, if you like balancing acts in general, then please do subscribe to us, rate and review us because it makes the world of difference. And the more reviews we get, the more rates we get, the more people can discover the podcast and we can make it go viral, whatever that means. Okay, back to the chat. 
another guy who's he's a mate like Curtis Walker. He was one of the pioneers on the black scene, okay. and he's still doing mainstream clubs up and down. But like, it's one of those things that no, like hardly anybody wants to go on after Curtis Walker. Yeah, like it's just one of those things. Right. Like that's it's not. You know what I mean, it's like yeah. you don't want to be the dude that's listed after him. Do you know what I mean you hate when he has to double up somewhere else? It's like <laughs> you're going on first. Do you know what I mean? And the thing is, there's, there's so many, there's so much talent on the scene, and I just feel like it's not. You don't get those opportunities like seeing motor comedian um, and Dane Baptiste on like live at the Apollo and stuff like that. That's groundbreaking because like you look at that and think, wow, you guys have made it across there. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that wouldn't have previously been something you could forecast. Yeah, that's definitely a cultural shift, isn't it? And big time. I mean, well, with with Mo, I mean, what he's done with with uh, social media is just phenomenal. Madness, madness. Social media has been a real springboard, I guess, for bridging that cultural gap. Yeah, yeah, because now it's like it takes the control out of anybody's decision making hands. Yeah. Now it's just like this guy's built a following authentically. You can't ignore him. You now. can't ignore this now. That's it. And I think, you know, TV is struggling to compete in this era with stuff like streaming services, Netflix. So now they're, they're forced to be diverse because Netflix are doing stuff like they're putting series out with unknown actors. Mm. Unknown actors, it's very diverse. There's, there's options for all categories. That's showing TV. Yo, you guys have missed a trick. So now TV are reverting and trying to, hey, yeah, that's, they're, that's scrambling around that's it, yeah. to catch up, aren't they? Did, did, yeah, exactly. There's, so, you know, you see stuff like, was it a couple of years, uh, Rollsafe came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Bro, the, the, the documentary. Uh, it was amazing. That's the first time I sat down and watched an, hours of con- an hour of content right. in a row, like just someone's show. It was amazing. I couldn't believe it. The qu- I was so engaged. I was like, this is fantastic. The character was incredible. And then obviously went to BBC Three. I didn't think the series was up to par with it what took- he'd done. It seems like they gave creative control, like or they split creative control, yeah. and it just diluted it. It really did. Yeah. But I mean, he's he's obviously done really well because now he's got that enterprise, which I haven't seen yeah. yet, but I've heard same. things. Same, exactly the same. I mean, for, for what I like about what he did is that he was confident in the fact he didn't want to get locked into one character. Yeah. Because when you're a viral sensation, sensation is very easy to just be the uh, you're the guy that does this. Yeah, which is what Michael Dapper seems to be doing as well. Yeah, yeah, with the big Shaq character. Yeah, he's because he's, he's got a bunch of characters, but that one is the one. It's the one. Yeah, but he's. I've also noticed, um, you know, when he does interviews, he he, he does them as himself. It's, he's obviously trying to make a concerted effort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've seen, I've seen a few, and it's like you can see that the interviewer wanted big shack yeah like well a famous one was when he went on breakfast club with charlemagne and yes those guys. i saw that and, and and charlemagne was like they were absolutely not to him proper dickhead proper dickhead like i wish like i wish i could have spoken to him before that and just been like yo you need to go in there swinging because these guys they're not they don't have respect for uk talent anyway no but they don't have respect in general no i, th- so, I thought he handled himself so well it was one of those things where you could see they thought big shack was real yeah, and then they were disappointed that it was, yeah. it was Michael Dapper Nonsense. coming on as himself. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you live and you learn. Yeah, when I do stand-up, it's in, in, it's in character and I do character stuff. I've, you know, I've, I've done a bit as myself and I'm starting to sort of move a little bit more towards that. Mm. But, yeah, it's always a tricky thing trying not to be a typecast or whatever as just that one thing. Yeah. So what's the what's the process of character stand-up? Do you like choose a bunch of characters and switch it any time that you're booked or do you get bookings for that character? You know what? With this character, I started performing it and uh, it seemed to go down well. So I just stuck with it. Mm. And so I've just stayed with this one character for the last three years. 
sometimes I'll get booked as Steve Whiteley and I'll still do it. Uh, okay. Some, you know, and sometimes it will be Steve Whiteley, AKA Wisebound, the name of my character. Right. I've had momentum with that. So I've stuck with it. And also to find an outlet for me as a frustrated garage MC from back in the day and being able to use that skill set within okay. this character, <laughs> for me, it's a dream to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm quite happy at the moment doing this. So yeah, I get yeah. to make music for it, but I'm now starting to experiment with a couple of other characters. So, like for instance, I did this one the other day who was basically passionate about laminating signs. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but that's what happened. And yeah. um, and so I, with that, I'll try and improvise it on stage yeah. and see what happens, with, you know, at a, at like an open mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. maybe try and build a set for that. That's it. But I'm, 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 pretty, I'm pretty lazy about doing new characters. But what I do do is for this character, uh, Wisebaum, I create lots of other characters that are all part of his world. So I'll, I'll, oh, do, I'll okay. do act out as those other characters. I'm with you, I'm with you. That's like something that's ready to go for a sitcom. That's... Well, I've got this um, uh, Radio 4 sitcom pilot commission, so that's coming out Sick. in August. Sick. And then we'll see what happens. But yeah, man, it's, it's been a learning curve doing that. The amount of work mm-hmm. that goes into it. Yeah, for real. For uh, real. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And it's radio money. It's not TV money. Yeah, anyway. that's it. That's it. <laughs> that is it. So they're, they're, and the thing is, that's funny is that they let you know straight away. It's like, yo, this is... It is BBC, but it's it's radio, so it's not the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Have you got, I'm sure you have got ambitions to create your own sitcom? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I've actually got something kind of in development at the Incredible. moment. Incredible. Yeah, so. Can you can you talk hopefully. about that or not really? No, not, not yet, yeah, not yet, yeah. not yet. But like, um, wraps. yeah, so hopefully after, I'm going to Edinburgh this year. Okay. And that's like taking a show up there for the first time. This is your debut show, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Debut hour. Really excited about that. Yeah, brilliant. Where, where's, where's that? What venue? So that's going to be at Just a Tonic. Okay, at the Mash House. Nice. So at the Attic. And what time? And um, two thirty-five. Okay. Have you been? Have you been up there? I've not before? been. I've not been. And you're in for a treat. I've not been. It's going to be like a whirlwind. Have you got friends going to be up there as well? Um, I've got. Do you know what it is? I've kind of like I've not really spoken to too many comics that I know are going up. Okay. But like I've spoken to comics who have been up there. Just for advice, yeah. But like, it seems like the the perspective is current is changing slightly on ed, on the the benefits of Edinburgh. Yeah, a lot of people are feeling like, ah, oh, it's a waste of time. You know, you can do things online and build things here that way. So there's mixed views. Like I spoke to Darren Harriet, and you know, just thought, what do you think about it? Yeah. And he goes, to be honest, man, don't listen to what everybody else is saying. Your experience is going to be your experience. He goes, yeah. for me, it changed my life. Like Darren Harry is everywhere now. Yeah. On TV, he's doing these things. Now it's off the back of his show. That's it, off the back of his Edinburgh. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who go up to Edinburgh and, and nothing happens. So it's literally a roll of the dice. It really is. You know what? Worst case scenario, nothing comes of it. You've got stage, you know, you've had stage time where you've performed for mm-hmm. an hour every day for a month. So yeah. you're just going to be that much better yeah. after. For me, uh, I took my solo show performing this character two years in a row. In the second year, I then did a, a London transfer at the Museum of Comedy, and there was a producer in that in the audience, and then that's how I got the Radio Four sitcom pilot. Sick. So it's, it was if I hadn't done Edinburgh, I wouldn't yeah. have had that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So for me, I would you know the benefits was, are there. The benefits are there. I guess partly it's what you make of it. You've got to be savvy as well. I mean, I'm sure you know you've got a, you've got big agents, so they're going to be helping out with the marketing and that side of things. Yeah, yeah. you know that's going to be a bit play a big part as well. I think it's one of the things that's like. You know, you've been at a comedy club and, you know, the guy's gone on first, he comes off, he's like, oh, they're shit. Okay, they're yeah, free. yeah. And then you go out and storm it. You go, And yeah. it's just like, what? Well, different experience. Yeah, the same crowd. Courses. Yeah, so I, I, I never take other comics' perspective on events, shows, crowds too seriously because I'm like, 
I'm never going to assume what it's going to be like for you and me is going to be the same. Do you exchange I mean? notes or feedback with other comedians on your material? And do you um, do you sort of take on board people's advice in that respect? I do, actually. I'm very open to advice. Yeah. I'm very open to advice. Whether I take it on board is another thing. But I'm always really open to it. Because I'm not a sensitive person. Yeah. Like, I'm very hardened in the fact that it's like, if someone comes to me, it's like, I didn't enjoy it. My next screen is, oh, what, did, what didn't you enjoy? I want to elaborate on that. Let's, let's, yeah, let's find out. Because I might not change my stuff and just be like, that's just you. Everyone yeah. else did. But I like I have a couple of comics like um, Kevin J and Barbara Tunde, those guys. They tend to kind of be like, they'll come and support a lot of the stuff anyway. So they're in the room and afterwards they'll come and give feedback and stuff like that. So their, their feedback kind of means a lot because I, I know the standard of their comedy. So when I hear it from them, I'm like, okay, I hear exactly what you're saying. Do you know what I mean? And it usually makes sense straight away. Some people give some random advice and you hear it just like, Oh, cool. Well, thanks for coming out. Because there's nothing to take from this. You need to stand a little bit further back yeah, from the mic. It's like, what? Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, and it's funny because you open that, that kind of conversation and you don't realise how much bullshit you just signed up for. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. so true. It's like, do you, you know, do you mind if I just chat to you for a minute? Yeah. And you're like, okay, cool. This random dude in the crowd. And he's just like, I thought what you did today <laughs> was mind blowing. <laughs> he goes, that stuff about your daughter. I think we can all relate. <laughs> We've all got kids. I'm like, dude, you made it sound like you were about to really dice up and really add something. I'm like, you know what? Thank you. I appreciate Thank it. Anyway. Yeah. It's, all, it's always nice though to get those yeah. positive comments and feedback, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's all a part of the process, man. It's all a part of the process. I think when I first started out, say a few years in, I was very, very sensitive to people who didn't like my stuff, yeah. very sensitive to critique. For me, it was just like, if one person doesn't like it, then how how many other people, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? It's like, exactly. now I'm more of a case of, maybe I'm just not for you. Yeah, and, and that's you, fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Like, there's so many comics, like a lot of time people feel like, if someone doesn't like you, you need to switch up and make sure you appeal to everyone. I'm yeah. so past that. I do not care. I'm just looking for my tribal fans. And that's it. I'll move with them. If you like me, come out. If you don't, that's cool, man. And I think that's a healthy uh, attitude to have. I, when I, the same, uh, the same industry person who will remain nameless, who uh, I met with, said that I needed to stop doing character stuff and just do stand up as myself if I wanted to progress. And I could have taken her advice after that. You know, that yeah. was that that last Edinburgh I did. And if I had did that, maybe I wouldn't have got that Radio Four pilot. So yeah, yeah, you got you got to choose your the advice you're going to take on board Big carefully time. and be selective, haven't you? Big time. And I think we have like, we have instincts. Mm. There's creative instincts where you just, you hear the advice, you consider it, and your instincts tell you whether or not it's a go. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think you, you should never ignore your creative instincts because I think once you find yourself in a situation, that's how artists get lost. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah, totally. It's like, you know, I've had moments in my career where I've just looked at my footage of me on stage and been like, that's, that's not me, man. Yeah. This is not the guy I know. And those moments are where you kind of, you bring it back. But it's like, now you want to protect it rather than have to keep going back to the drawing board. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, you hear it, nah, that doesn't feel right. I'm out. I'm, I'm moving on. Yeah, and that can only come with experience. Yeah. You know, I've, I've realised that on occasion, sometimes, you know, I won't listen to my intuition. I'll have it there, but yeah. sometimes I'll just ignore it. And then that's only going to go down the wrong road. Yeah, yeah. My thing is I need to be able to comfortably look at the man in the mirror. Yeah. That's kind of like my, my gauge for things I do and things I won't do. Because it's kind of like, yo... Above all else, I need to be proud of the work I put out. Sure. Because I can't imagine anything worse than being embarrassed by something yeah. that you're creating and promoting. 
that for me, that's hell. <laughs> I need to be able to say, yo, I'm doing it my way, man. Do you know what I'm saying? If you like it, come out and support. If not, take care. Yeah. So how old were you when you became a dad? 23. Young dad. Yeah, man. 23. So were you doing stand-up by then? I was. I started yeah. at... What did I start? I started at 21. You started at 21? Yeah. So how... I mean, how did that... You're, you're grinding was, away trying to do your thing. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. How did that affect things? Because I mean, oh, like, I, I think... You know, I say to people, oh, yeah, I'm so busy at the moment doing this. Yeah. <laughs> you're a dad. Who, who have I got to look after? I need people looking after me. <laughs> Mate, it was a culture shock, man. I mean, that's a, it was a car crash from growing up. Because at the time, it's not like I was an immature, you know, 23-year-old. But, yeah. like, I was just hand-to-mouth yeah. being a stand-up comic. Yeah. I didn't really... I was at home, didn't really have rent issues. So I was, like, kind of just floating through and doing this thing. I'm just vibing. Yeah. And then it's like, wow, you're going to be a dad. Oh, man, all these erratic decisions were made in a row. Like, I, I was working in, like, some office, just temping. And I was like, right, I need a real job. So I signed up to this sales job. Yeah. Worst thing I could have ever done in my life. I signed up for this company called, uh, what was it, NRI? Some random advertising sales company. Okay. I walk in there and these guys are like, wearing fancy suits. And he's like, yeah, you know, if this is the type of life that you want, you know. <laughs> you know, James over there, he's, he's, he's absolutely smashing it. You know, he's got a Lamborghini now. And that could be you. You know, that usual bullshit, man. Yeah. yeah. And I lapped it up, man. I, was like, I went back to my temp job and I was just looking at these guys wearing regular clothes. I was like, I want a better life. <laughs> I quit this job, started this sales job and it's the worst thing ever, man. Like, yeah. I went from being able to sit at my desk, have a coffee at 10 o'clock and just enjoy my day to standing up all day on the phones. Their thing was, if you sit down, your energy's lacking on the call. Yeah, you yeah. need enthusiasm. Got to ask open-ended yes! questions. <laughs> oh, my days. He's like, you're really veering off the script. Yeah. And the guy, I'll never forget, <laughs> he said to me, he goes, he goes, you're a, you're a stand-up comic, right? And that's what I like. That's why I hired you, right? He goes, you got to see the script, like one of your jokes. He goes, obviously, you're going to tell the same joke more than once, but the enthusiasm has yeah. got to be there. I was <laughs> livid, bro. I was like, I don't like your script. <laughs> oh, shit. Bro, that was hell. And that's I've probably lasted about three months in that job. That's okay. literally the only job I've ever quit without having another job. Right. And you can imagine how much I hate it because I had a child on the way. Yeah. And I quit it because I was like, I feel like a crap person yeah. now. And like, that didn't go that well with my daughter's mom. <laughs> but I was like, you know, I got to do this because you know when you're at your threshold. Yeah. I was there. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, you get to that place, that dark place, and you're yeah. not looking forward to getting up in the morning. Then, That's you know, it. Something needs to change. That's it. And the worst thing is, like, because up until that point, I'd never struggled getting jobs. I just always, I took it for granted. Yeah. I was like, once I get the interview, oh, I mean, I've got it. Yeah. So that point from there was four months of unemployment. Right. Oh, my gosh, bro. Four months of unemployment. That felt like the longest four months of my life because now I'm doing gigs and I'm early on, so I'm not really, okay. I don't really have much material to be yeah. But I'm chasing these gigs now just for money. Okay. And I'm desperate. I'm on stage and it's just not coming together because my intentions are not because I want the material to work. authentic. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm forcing everything and I like, I hit a wall. And I I remember this one gig, I had this heckler and he's, he said something like, I was in this middle of this long story joke, which was not working, (laughs) but it's like, you know, you've got past that point. It's like, well, I'm here now. I got to see this to the end. Plow it through. So this dude says he heckles something and I reacted so badly. I just went, who said that? <laughs> like, 
And I looked at the crowd like, but it was really confrontational. This guy at the back, he, I literally, I, I feel like it was him, but he melted like into his seat, kind of like faded away. And I was just like, you know what? <laughs> Forget this, man. <laughs> you walk off. Okay, on. Boom. Dropped the mic. And I went <laughs> I left. I went up to the promoter and he grudgingly paid me what we agreed. He paid you as well. Yeah, he paid me. And I, and I walked out and I saw a couple of tweets from some people saying, you know what? If, you, if you're not going to do it properly, don't do it at all. Yeah. And I just ignored all the tweets and I started like, you know what? I need to take a break from stand-up because I want a kamikaze <laughs> right now. And that was like, that was a real low point How in my life. How did you take a break for? I took a break for like maybe about five months. Oh, wow. Okay. I was like, I didn't, I didn't feel funny anymore. Yeah. Life wasn't funny. Yeah. I was like, I'm broke. I got a child on the way. This is hell. This is perfect material. Yeah, oh, bro. It was tough. <laughs> so then I got a job in a call center and like bit more regular money's coming in. I'm kind of getting myself back to where I was. And then I, I'm going for a, a Metro. I read the Metro every single day. So I was gathering so much material. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I was gathering so much material from the newspaper. Yeah. Which I was like, I was just harvesting material in this time off. But then I saw an article for like white collar boxing. Yeah. And like something said to me like, yo, if you can have a boxing match and win, dude, you can do anything. So now it was like, okay, boxing. If I win this fight, I'm going back into my career and I'm never turning back. So that was like a mad crossroad for me. And like, sign up for boxing and the exercise. That's when I started to see the benefit of exercising, like clearing my mind. Because now I'm exercising, I'm back into stand-up. I'm preparing for a fight whilst my stand-up is back in. I'm enjoying it again. And that's when I started to see the link between exercise and clearing your mind and seeing the benefits of that. Had the fight, won the fight. Boom. Mentally, I'm like, yo, I can rock it. Anything, yeah. bro. So, yeah, man. I did the same thing. <laughs> I just, I did a white collar fight and sick. I fought in Bethnal Green York Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which had, was just phenomenal. How'd it go? You know what? It was, it was charity, so uh, they don't, they didn't announce a winner, but I won. Oh yeah, no, no, <laughs> yeah, I definitely won. I definitely won. Other ones, uh, but yeah, it was sick. I'm, and then I've, you know, I've trained doing boxing and, and Thai boxing on and off over the years. I'm going to yeah. start. I found this. Um, really great MMA gym around the corner I want to get back into. Sick. I don't know about you, I just find at the moment, <clears throat> we were talking before about going vegan. Yeah. And uh, the the downside to it at the moment for me is that I, I guess I haven't spent enough time working out the nutritional side of things yeah. and what I need to replace in my diet. So I'm losing muscle, you know, and I'm getting called skinny. Called skinny <laughs> and, I'm not, and I don't appreciate it from my friends. Losing the game. Like, What's going on with you right now? <laughs> is everything okay? You know, uh, just trying to save the planet, mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, and uh, just trying to try to pack up and pack on some muscle. So I've been doing weights again. I used to do yeah. weights years ago, but I don't know about you. Like, weights, man, it's just so boring. It's so repetitive. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I can never maintain it. No, I can go for a couple of months straight. Like I train with my personal trainer, okay. and the training is so varied now. Oh really? Yeah. yeah so it's, it's a circuit. It's some weights. It's boxing. It's mixed. Everything's all mixed up, and okay. I like that. That's yeah. how I can stay in it. But I can't just lift weights. No, it's boring, man. And also, I see the benefit in car- in cardio fitness now. Cardio fitness is, is, is what we need as people. 100%. Big muscles doesn't make that. you healthy at no. all. No. With the cardio, it, it that's more chance of making you healthy. Yeah. So I just feel like I just want to be medium-sized, look good in a suit. Because you know, you, you get too big, it's yeah. just like, you just look yeah, like a security guard. Yeah. Not interested in that. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. So going back to you, you're saying about, you know, becoming a young dad, how has that like shaped you in terms of, well, actually, what, f- firstly, like, how do you balance being a dad 
with being a comedian and doing everything that you're doing? Because we've already yeah. discussed how all-consuming it is. Yeah. How do you find that balance? I think my kids keep me sane, man. Really? How old are your kids now? So eight and ten months. Wow, okay. So little Amazing. dude, you know what I mean? It's just, and it's such a it's such a different experience of fatherhood both times because me and her mom split up. Okay. You know, different situation now with my son. Yeah. With him all the time, every day. Like, this is my, my little dude, you know what I mean? I wake up, he wakes up whatever time he wakes And it's just it's such a different experience in comparison, okay. do you know what I mean? And I'm really thankful that I've got to do it this way properly this time around. Right. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, I think time management is something that is an ongoing fight for me because I'm working all the time. Like, social media and all these different things, like... It's all work at the end of the day. And, you know, I, I have a hard time differentiating between work and leisure. Yeah. Because work is fun. Sure. So now it's like, am I playing or am I just, am I, you know what I mean? Yeah, is this yeah. beneficial? So then when, I'm, when it comes to like being a dad in the midst of all this, I don't really struggle with necessarily being a dad and putting a dad hat on. Okay. I quite enjoy that ongoing alongside everything else. Because it doesn't feel like something that's like a chore or anything like that. Yeah. But I think where my daughter is from a previous relationship, I really tried to be conscious of the time that we, we have together. Okay. Because now that I'm with my son, it's like she could feel the distance. Do you know what I mean? So I'm really conscious of, of that relationship and maintaining that. Sure. And uh, it's been great. Like they have a great relationship between them. Do you know, it's like, but it's just one of those ones where it's like, that's, that's always on my mind. Do you know what I mean? So that's always something that's in the, the back of my mind just day to day yeah but as far as managing both of them i don't know i just feel like they're both my passion so i don't really they just intermingle that's it yeah Yeah. it works when it works yeah it sounds like you've got a nice balance like you've got your priorities straight yeah yeah and that's a not easy thing to do it's taken a journey it's been a journey man it's not been something that was like off the rip do you know what i mean like it's it's tricky because when you start to see obviously our dreams coming true yeah is what it keeps the fire going sure but it's like you, it, it just cannot be your key to happiness. No. And that's what I've really kind of, the last couple of years, especially with like my, my girlfriend, she's really like really supportive, really positive. I get down very quickly when yeah. stuff doesn't go to my way. Like I've, I've committed to this mission yeah. and it's just failed. That hits me hard because sure. I'm like, I need to see things through to the end. Yeah. So if something gets cut short, yo, <laughs> I'm like, there was still more to do there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But like she, her perspective on things and just the understanding is, is so beneficial to have people around you like that. Yeah. And you've got that support system. That's it. That's it. And I think when you kind of have something else that takes your passion away, like takes you away from the passion, it's just healthy to have that balance. Do you know what I mean? The balance thing has been sold to me and I've bought into it, man. Because, really? Yeah. So, so for you, because I always ask people towards you know in the podcast what balance means to you. I guess for, to, from the sounds of it, it's something that's very important to you yeah. to try and get right. Yeah, yeah. Fam- it's family first. It's family first because my mom's a stand-up comic. So I kind of grew up with my mom doing these things. Like I've, I've essentially followed in her footsteps. Yeah, stand-up acting, skit shows, and all those type of things. So I've never felt like I had less of a mom. But what I knew, what I, what I was aware of, is that people knew who my mom was. Yeah go out shopping centers people stop and want an autograph or something and i'll be like oh who is that person yeah she's like i don't know i couldn't work it out and now i'm realizing the effect that she had but i never felt like i had less of a mum. yeah so then it's like now i've because i've experienced it from the child's perspective i'm very aware of how it is for my kids yeah do you know what i mean it's like 
you can chase your dreams. That's why, like, when when people speak about having kids, it's like, a, oh, I don't want to slow me down and da da da. Man, the the flip side to that is that sometimes they will put a battery in your back and yeah, like you, the motivation is different. Yeah, yeah. Because I can fight hard for myself. That's how I've always been. I've yeah. always been like, you know, I've always had that classic, I mean, it's probably like nonsensical, you know, approach like, yeah, you know, I just need to get everything in, you know, get the career sorted, etc. And then I'll be ready, That's you know, it. and then, then I'll be ready to, to commit or whatever. Yep. I mean, I've, I've come out of a, a long-term relationship recently, so I'm sort of single again, and now it's sort of trying to sort of get back to decompress and get back to sort of you know, that different type of lifestyle, but without wanting to trip up and make the same mistakes as last time around you know what yeah, I mean like because yeah. I'm not young anymore yeah yeah I don't yeah. want to be going out like on the razz and just sort yeah. of doing that again <laughs> it's taxing man you don't realise like how, how different you get as you get older yeah right the energy is different it is like my energy now I don't have motivation to do stuff that's not beneficial okay before oh man Saturday let's just go out man yeah yeah now I'm just like what am I doing there yeah like I've got like and it's so I try to make a conscious effort to have fun because I'm just like, dude, you're just going to be a miserable dude. Yeah. But like, I don't want to like go out just to cake. All I look at like, if someone says to me, oh, let's go out, let's go out now. Straight away in my head, I'm like, what's that, 150 pounds? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight away, I'm like, 150 pounds? <laughs> I don't really want to do yeah. that, to be honest. Literally going down the drain. Yeah, straight, yeah. straight. You're, so, not, you're not much of a drinker. Not really. I used Either to be. Me. I used to be. Yeah, yeah. same. same. I, to, I started driving. It's like so a 20s drink, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I used to drink before I went on stage. I needed my brandy and coke. Did you? Ritual. Wow, okay. Get my brandy and coke, I'm ready to go. Right. And I was like, I'm going to become an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> so I just stopped. And you know what? This is this is how I know like addiction is a real thing. Because I wasn't. I didn't feel like I was addicted to anything. But the minute I took it away and I was drinking water to go on stage, oh my gosh, nervous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. now feeling like a superpower without his, without his powers. I was yeah. like, jeez, raw. can I still be funny? Go out there. It took about a month or two to kind of get used to not having the brandy ritual. And I was like, geez, man. I thought, like, if someone's waking up and drinking throughout the day, to tell them to put the drink down at that point, that's a big task. Yeah. It's Madness. too late almost, isn't it? You see what I mean? It's not too late. It's not too late. It's, it's never just, too late, mate. It's just an that's, uphill. It's like, that's like Everest. Yeah. So that was, that's something that's like, you see the benefit of mental discipline. Mental discipline is everything. Bro. It'll keep you sane. Really is, isn't it? I mean, yeah, again, that's something that's taken me a long time to learn. Yeah, yeah. I was all over the place, man. Like, literally just doing this, that, everything. You know, wanting to go out and partying. You know, you know, you do. Whereas now it's all about discipline. I got into Buddhism, like, about three years ago or so. Yeah. So, yeah, I med- you know, I meditate every day. I mm. have, like, quite a strict morning routine. I've talked about this on the podcast before. But, yeah, strict morning routine. I need these things in my life to set me up for the day, keep me going. Yeah, um, yeah. The one thing, and again, this is something I talked about, and we haven't really touched on that much, is is how you navigate through the social media aspect. Because mm. it's something that's obviously integral to what we do. Yeah. But at the same time can be such an enemy to creativity and, and being present. Yep, yep. Because you see, you're quite prolific on social media. Oh, see, this is, is you, I mean, I, is it, you seem to be, there seems to be a consistent output. Yeah, yeah. Of lots of varying degrees of content. Yeah, yeah. Like for me, I, I try not to be a social media dude. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I try to be someone who puts a lens on what's happening in my life. Mm-hmm. So like, I think most of my content nowadays is like podcast footage. Because one, one of my podcasts I do is film, the boxing one, Undefeated yeah. Podcast. 
So we'll have film clips that will go out. I know social media is beneficial. I just try not to make it too essential to my career. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I yeah. need it to exist away from that. Yeah. I don't look down on any comic or anybody who uses social media and that's their ticket. Yeah. Because use, you know, do what you got to do. But I know for me, if I started to go crazy with social media content, it's not authentic. Sure. I'm attempting to capitalize on the fact that it works for other people. Yes. So now I'm like, I find myself distancing myself from social media in the same way because I just feel like I, I don't like the, the let the, the, how can I say it? The effects of social media mm-hmm. on your mental health. No. Do you know what I mean? I don't like to feel... Every, social media has made life a competition. Totally. Now everybody is comparing, competing, analysing, and it's like, are we living anymore? Mm. Or are we doing this so that we can show people that we've done something? Yeah. And I've always wanted to move from that because when I started to try and... Like, I tried to do the social media stuff like a couple few years ago and it just never felt like something I could enjoy. Like you, yeah. Yeah, like laughing emojis don't satisfy me. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> I don't see them go, oh my, there's the dopamine. Let me get some more of these. Yeah. It doesn't happen for me. So when I see it and I'm like, cool, that's, that's sick. But come to the live show. Yeah, yeah. That's where it happens. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I just don't have the same enjoyment for that creative output. So my stuff is like a lot of my Insta stories. I'll be posting random stuff that I'm doing or I'm up to. And yeah, it's just kind of, it's more of a thing that let people know I'm, actually, I'm doing stuff. I'm yeah. working. But as far as catering to just social media, Nah, I don't think that's something I'll be investing too much time in. Don't get me wrong. If I think of something funny and I put it out, put it out there, that's yeah. what it is, yeah. I recently started logging out for like a day or sort of two days at a time. Mm. And it feels great because even if you're not on it, you still get the notifications. And that's yeah. distraction. Yeah. So I'm going to try and do more of that. Um, although having said that, I released this short film that I made last year, um, yesterday. and I've I haven't watched it. I've saved, yeah, I've saved it to watch it. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. I've been, it's literally like glued to the screen. It's like, yeah. another one. Every day. <laughs> and, and, and I know that feeling because, you know, I'd, I'd set up this YouTube channel a few years ago and I used to make a load of sketches and that kind of thing. And it's exactly the same thing. But I said to myself last night, because it got released at 7 p.m., and uh, I was supposed to be meeting a friend and I was like, I said to him, I don't know if I can do it because the short film's coming out. And I thought, do you know what? No. Yeah, I go. Said him, <laughs> I said, let's do it. Let's do it. We'll meet and uh, I might just be checking my phone every now and then. And it would just felt nice just to like lock out for a little bit yeah. and then come back to it. Though having said that, came back where I was lying in bed just looking yeah, through to see what it is. It's always a challenge to get that, that yeah. balance right. But it's great. Again, it sounds like through, you know, having the experience of, of trying stuff out and experimenting you know what's what works for you and what's all, and, and what's authentic i keep coming back to that word but yeah, like it yeah. sounds like you really know what's authentic to you yeah because for me that's when i'm at my best when i'm putting out authentic material well, especially when i'm on stage yeah my material when it's authentic and i'm talking about things that mean something to me that's when i'm at my best yeah do you know what i mean so now it's like anytime i attempt to do something and i know the intention is people will love this that's when it's not real it doesn't it doesn't land the same way. Sometimes I'll get the laughs, but I might not do the joke again just because it's like it's just not me. As yeah. the artist, I need to be truthful in, in where I am and yeah. what I'm talking about and be personal with my audience. So I think when you know that's your that's your thing, you just stick to it. I like that. Do you know what I mean? It's all about being true to true to the creative side. I mean that that's a good note to to wrap things up. 
You've got a gig coming up with your mum, right? Yes. If anyone's like listening, it's like, who's your mum? Who's yeah. your mum? I don't know if we said it. <laughs> Angela Ma. Yeah. 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 So she's coming back to stand up as an audience with Angela Ma. Okay. Uh, April 26th and 27th at the Stockwell Playhouse Theatre. Right. And um, yeah, man, go to the Stockwell Playhouse website. And it's actually interesting because that night, me and my whole family are supporting as supporting acts. Are all your family comedians as well? No. So my brother is a radio presenter. Okay. He's going to be hosting the night. Yeah. My sister is a singer. Yeah. And my dad is a singer. Amazing. So the whole family is on the lineup. family. I love (laughs) that. Yeah. All right. We'll talk after, but I'm going to come to, I've got to come to that. Yeah, bro. Trust me. That's going to be a hell of a night. That's going to be a hell of a night. I don't think that sounds amazing. Have you ever done anything like that with nah, family? Nah, like that is me great. and my mum have done stuff together, but okay. the whole family on this occasion, it's going to be huge. That's amazing. It's going to be huge. I can't wait. Because it's my because our group chat is a family group chat. Yeah. And some of the jokes that come out of the group chat, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yo, we can go toe to toe with any group chat. <laughs> yeah. Like my sister, she's singing, but she's hilarious. Okay. My sister, like if, it, if a roasting session is taking place, I will duck that. I'm not interested in, in going toe to toe with her. Because she, she has this way of like, she will, oh man, she'll tear me to pieces. And I'm like, bloody hell, how comes I can't beat you? Like, this is That's what, what sisters are there for. This is there to put you in your place. Facts. My sisters is at this Facts. place. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be a great night, man. It's going to be beautiful. Great. great. So where can people find out uh, about the night and also just like, you know, keep in touch with what you're up to? Yeah. So I mean, follow me on social media, Travis J-E-N-T. And you can go to the website, uh, I think Stockwell ph but you know what google stockwell playhouse theater okay and it'll be the website and you can be, get tickets there so yeah man it's exciting times going up to edinburgh this year taking a show up it's gonna be fantastic man it's a and good year there's gonna be information on that on on yeah that'll on be on social my, media that'll be on my social media yeah. Yeah. okay yeah, great great all right man thanks so much for coming no worries man um, thanks for having me we got there in the end after the parking we did situation <laughs> if you're we listening did. hackney council sort out your parking Bruv, every bay is a resident bay yeah there you go man. all right man thanks so much no worries bro Told you it was a good one. Also, just to let you know, when I'm saying it's a good conversation, I'm not trying to blow my own trumpet. It's purely on how I perceive the guest to come across and the pearls of wisdom they have to offer. All I'm doing is, is, you know, prodding here and there. I mean, know what I'm doing. I don't need to explain what I'm doing. The point is, I can only be as good as the guest that I'm conversing with. I mean, this is obvious stuff. I don't even know why I feel compelled to say that, but I do. Uh, You should all know that I am dog-sitting this week for Larry, the family dog. He is, yes, in case you're wondering, he is named after Larry David. I named him Larry. And uh, he's got very similar personalities. He's highly neurotic. But he's a lot of fun as well. So, uh, as always, if you like this podcast, please share it. Leave a comment. That's really helpful. And if you haven't done already, it'd be fantastic if you subscribed. Yeah, please make all my podcast dreams come true. Thank you very much. And uh, laters. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.